This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Boy, did you see Chet Holmgren versus Imani Bates on ESPN? Now, I sparingly watched the two games that was before and after it. I mean, one game had Mikey Williams and the other one had Bronny and uh, this guy... He's number four in the country. Already, I forgot his name. That's a shame. I know Bronny's name, but I don't know the number four player in the country. That's him. That's It'll come back to me. Don't worry. Nevertheless, that was a hell of a game between Chet and Amani. They just went after each other. Um, Chet Holmgren, he's like seven feet. He's so skinny. He's so skinny, but when you watch him play, he just makes it look so easy. If he want to take you to the rim, he can take you to the rim. He can pull up from three. And you get to the rim, you ain't scoring. Do not scoring because he's going to cap everything. Now, Imani Bates, uh, he's a very versatile scorer. He can shoot. He started heating up from three. He could drive. He's a good scorer as well. Defensively, he's okay. I saw a graphic that said that Imani Bates was the better player defensively, but Chet Holmgren was changing every other shot. He's blocking every other shot. The kid is for real. And Georgetown is on his list. I can probably see him going to Duke, Minnesota. He's from Minnesota or Michigan. But I would love for him to come to D.C. Like, that would be great if he plays for Georgetown and for Patrick Ewing. Boy, he would be box office. You would have to come see this kid. Uh, he is really good. Same thing with Imani Bates. Uh, Michigan State uh, has a good one as well. He's going to be one of the best players they've ever had, and they've had some really good players. Well, I say that now. I mean, you got to see when he actually gets there. But Michigan State fans were watching too, and they were like, damn, this Chet Holmgren kid is good. <laughs> and they're like, please don't go to Michigan. I mean, you won't have Imani Bates to go against him because Imani Bates is another year away. Nevertheless, that was a hell of a game I watched on ESPN. It was a great choice of watching that instead of Thursday Night Football because Thursday Night Football, it looked like it was a dud. The Titans got smoked. They didn't show up. I mean, the Colts are a good team. They're five and three. They were five and three, and the Titans were six and two. Now they're both six and three. So they're a good team as well. It's just crazy. And Phillip Rivers threw for 300 yards. But, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, the future is bright. The future is bright. Um, like I said, I love Imani's competitive spirit. He would not go away. He turned up every time Chet made an amazing play. He tried to come back and, and made, and typically made something happen. The Chet Holmgren's team won, so he was he had thirty one points, twelve rebounds, six blocks. It seemed like he had twelve fifteen blocks because he was capping everything. And um, Donovan Smith had eight threes, eight. They kept saying he was Trey Young. Oh, he's not Trey Young. <laughs> he's not Trey Young. He's more like Eddie House. But still, uh, with, with with a jumper like that, I mean, I'm sure he got some looks too. Or maybe I'm underestimating his playmaking abilities because he got Chet Holmgren on his team. And also, uh, 
that team, Team Sizzle, Holmgren's team, got Master P kids, his younger two kids. Or was it three? I think he got he got two kids on the team. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Um, that was a great slate of high school basketball. Even the last game, I didn't I didn't watch it as much, but that was a close game. That was a good game. So lots of talent. The future is bright, man. Uh, Chet Holmgren and Imani Bates will play again in the NBA, and I'm sure Imani's going to remember this because I can see it already. He's going to remember this. And in the NBA, he's going to go after this guy. Or, hell, they might be on the same team. They're, on the, they're a year apart. So they could be on the same team. If that happens, look out. If that happens, I hope it's on the Wizards. Imani Bates had 36. Like, oh, my God, man. He did what he could, but it, it was just too much. Just too much, man. Chet, Chet, too much Chet Holmgren. Uh, too much Donovan Smith. And all the role players were getting to the rim. And, and hitting shots as well. It was tough, but it was very fun to watch. And that's one reason why I'm glad I was stuck in the house. I should have been playing flag football. I wasn't even supposed to be watching this game. But I st- I'm stuck in the house. I couldn't play. So I'm just, I saw it and it was good. It was good. I loved it. So let's talk about some of these NFL games from last week. All these games came on TV. I was pretty much down and out the entire day. I was sick. Uh, Like I said, I'll talk about that later. The Washington football team. Why the first play from scrimmage? Antonio Gibson bust out a long run. And he fumbled. Players from both teams were climbing all over each other trying to get the ball. And it was squeezing out. You have got to be kidding me. That is typical LOL Washington football team. That was hilarious. Of course they didn't get the fumble. That is that is typical Washington football. You do something good and then boom, do something dumb. You fumble the ball. That's turnover number one. And then, I want to say they had another fumble. And before the half, oh man, God bless his soul. Kyle Allen got hurt. He turned his ankle similar to Dak Prescott, but he, uh, he didn't do as much damage as Dak Prescott. So he'll be back sooner than Dak Prescott, but he's out for the season. Come in come Alex Smith. He's doing okay, but he throws a pick before the half. I heard that on the radio. Then he had a great third quarter, which he needed because, well, Washington went down into the half 20-3. I mean, I figured they were going to get blown out, but then, you know, you know what happens. Just like against the Cowboys and the Eagles, Washington turned up their pass rush. And they started disrupting the Giants' offense. And sure enough, you know, they held them in check. They held them in check. They battled all the way back. They held them in check. They battled all the way back. But two critical interceptions by Alex Smith. You know, that's usually when I laugh. But I'm like, damn, huh? I feel bad because I know how hard it was for Alex to get back. And I know how well he did in this game. He had 325 yards. And he brought them back to within striking distance. But he threw that pick. Chance to win. Chance to be the hero. I think it was 23-20 to at that point. Chance to be the hero. And he failed. He did way better than he did against the Rams. It seems like he's going to start against the Lions. Okay. Let's see. I say they should go back to Dwayne Haskins. Now, when they first benched Dwayne Haskins, I was like, Dwayne Haskins is going to be starting again by Thanksgiving or sometime in December. 
they're going to finish out the season with Dwayne Haskins. I didn't think Kyle Allen would get hurt. I thought he was just going to suck so bad that they were going to put in Dwayne Haskins again. But it looks like it looks like they're rolling with Alex Smith. But I think eventually Dwayne Haskins will replace him because he'll be better. I, I No hate. No hate. I'm just saying. Hopefully, maybe Alex Smith uh, proves me wrong because he definitely deserves this shot. He definitely deserves this shot despite all the things, you know, he went through. All the things he went through, man. He went through a lot. He definitely deserves this shot. Anyway, here we go. NFC East still lit. Still lit. Eagles are still your NFC East champs, and they ain't even play this week. The Cowboys and the Steelers caught me by surprise. I thought I wasn't going to watch the game, but I did anyway. And sure enough... The Cowboys came to play. Um, I guess they've been hearing all week how they were going to lose, 14-point underdog. I thought that was a surefire bet that the Steelers were going to be. They were going to that they were going to win by more than 14. I thought that was a surefire bet. I would have took the point spread. I would have took the spread. I would have took Steelers 13.5, 14, 14. I would have took that because I thought it was definitely going to happen. Man, the Cowboys came to play. They, de- defensively, they made some key third down stops. They were stopping the run uh, on offense. They weren't really turning the ball over, I guess, until the end. <laughs> they really had a solid game plan, but they just kept. The Steelers in it, and that's all That's all they needed. That's all they needed. And the Steelers did just enough to get by. Once again, they struggled with the Giants. They struggled with the Eagles. They struggled with the Titans. They struggled with the Cowboys with their practice squad quarterback. But yet still, the Steelers are 8-0. Still got to look out for them. Maybe they'll figure out what they're doing wrong soon. Um, maybe they'll get get better. And, you know, stop having these uh, games that come down to the last possession. (laughs) But we'll see. Uh, Cowboys have been fighting the last two weeks without their quarterback, without Andy Dalton. They've been fighting. It's just they just kept coming up short. We'll see what happens. Uh, You know, I don't know who they got next, but they got Washington on Thanksgiving. And Washington looks like they're in trouble. (laughs) So, (laughs) you got to look out for that. But that was a good game, man. I, wow. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect to be watching it. I didn't expect to be competitive, and yet it was. Props to the Cowboys for fighting. Now, the nightcap. I was so hyped for this, man. The Saints and the Bucks. The Saints and the Bucks. I knew something was wrong when the Saints went bang, bang, 7 nothing, and then... The Bucks offense just came out the gate slow. And it, it just surprised me how easy it was for the Saints. See, I thought that the Bucks was going to win. I was on that bandwagon too. But then something clicked in my head. See, when I saw that all the NBC people picked the Bucks, I was like, oh, well, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. Because every time, every other time I see this, this season, Almost every other time I see this, the team that everyone picked loses. Everyone picked the 49ers, they lost. Everyone picked the Buccaneers, they lost. Everyone picked the Patriots, they almost lost. Come on, man. Everyone picked the Titans, they lost. 
I think uh, most people picked the tight and they lost. I knew I was like that is that isn't right. Not one person picked the Saints with Michael Thomas coming back. I know the Bucks are a pretty well-rounded team. They got a good defense. They got a good offense. They got a lot of receivers. They got a running game. They got good corners. They got good linebackers. They got a good pass rush. What don't they have? I know. But the Saints, man. The Saints got a lot of stars too. They got a really good team too. With Michael Thomas coming back. And they were doing whatever they wanted. And then, you know, the Buccaneers would turn the ball over too. Brady had three interceptions. Bro, once I saw that it was what, 21 nothing, I was like, it's over. It's over. I fell asleep. And the Bucks never came back. They got smoked. That's a shame. Two games against the, the Saints. And they just were outclassed, outmatched. I did say at the beginning of the year, when they got Tom Brady and all these pieces around him, I was like, they still have to get through the Saints. They lose to the Saints week one. Nah, no problem. It's week one. The next time, I mean, y'all just got they just got destroyed. I don't know if they if they play a third time, if the Buccaneers will win. They they can. I mean, if it's a third time, it's gonna be in the playoffs. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Because the Saints can pretty much match them in every position. And Breeze became the new touchdown leader over Brady. Wow. Oh my god. Y'all see the dance party? That the Saints had after the game. I can't get enough of the you about to lose your job thing. Of course, that's the new wave because Trump is about to be evicted from the White House. And everyone's blasting you about to lose your job. Oh, my God, man. So, of course, they had that blasting in the locker room. Apparently, Teron Armstrong raps. So, they blasted his song, too. And they were having a good old time. I had to play that Jameis Winston clip of him eating a W and dancing. I had to play that clip like 15, 20 times. I was dying. This man is hilarious. You can't let that happen. You at home. Um, wow, man. This just, this is crazy. And there's still a chance for the Bucks to win the division. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a dogfight. It looked like the Saints are just the better team. Even if they aren't the better team, they match up better with the Bucks than anybody else. So you gotta keep your eye on that. All right, so game that happened on Saturday, Notre Dame and Clemson. This was it. This was the I told you so game. This was supposed to be the I told you so game, where I told you that DJ Ui Ungalale, it's Ui Ungalale, when DJ showed up, killed it, and I'd be like, I told you he was like that. I told you they had nothing to worry about. I told you they didn't need Trevor Lawrence to beat Notre Dame. He did everything he was supposed to do. He threw for 426 yards. But his defense sucked, and he had some fluke turnovers. Like, the ETN fumble, like, that was a fluke. But then again, uh, Ian Book fumbled in the end zone, so maybe that canceled each other out. It was a close game. It was back and forth. It was an instant classic. Clemson never stopped fighting, even though their defense was compromised. Um, they better get it together. Defense better get it together. Because if not, they're going to get embarrassed in the playoffs. Or worse, they might lose to Notre Dame in a championship game and won't make the playoffs. Listen, one or two things is going to happen here. Either either Clemson was going to continue their reign 
with their long regular season record or we're going to have to start up the Notre Dame hype train because they got a lot of celebrity alumni and especially in the media and they're going to be hype. They're going to act like they're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to act like they have a chance at the title and then it's going to all come crashing down. One year, Alabama killed them. Another year, Miami killed them. We got to we got to see this hype train keep on chucking. We got to see this hype train go knowing damn well Notre Dame isn't all that. They usually fall. Come on, man. They're going to have another game like they did against Louisville. And even against Clemson, they I mean, they didn't get out of that cleanly. There's a lot of football left to be played. Um, they can be the number two team for now, but when it's all said and done, I don't think they're going to be a top four team. Even if they are, they're out in the first round of the playoffs. I promise. Listen, the quicker they lose, the sooner they lose, the faster we can keep these Notre Dame fans down because they're going to be obnoxious, just like Ohio State when they win. I know y'all got good programs, but y'all be doing too much. I swear. I guess it was a good win. All them people rushed to storm the field. Oh, my God. Why? During a pandemic? Wow. That's okay. That's all right. Laugh now, cry later. Laugh now, cry later. But, 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 but. I'm talking about their team. Like, y'all happy? Y'all excited? Y'all storming the field and everything? Man, it's still a lot of football left to be played. Don't get too excited. Because what's coming down the pipe ain't going to be easy. Even if you finish the regular season undefeated, you still got to play Clemson. And even if you get past Clemson, you still got to play Alabama. You still got to play Florida or Georgia. It is not going to be easy. You better hope you better hope you play one of them damn mid-major teams that ends up undefeated and sneaks into the playoffs because that's the only way you're going to win. Just saying. All right, man, enough of this. Merlin won two times in a row. They beat Minnesota, which shocked me. Definitely shocked me after how they came out against Northwestern. I didn't expect them to come back home and beat Minnesota. But I guess Minnesota plays no defense. They're another team that plays no defense. Merlin ran wild. Literally. Bro. Jake Funk. A guy named Jake Funk. I think he played for Damascus. I think he played for Damascus like right before I started refing. Another Damascus product. Shout out to Brian Brzee. Yeah, he killed them. He killed Penn State. No, not Penn State, Minnesota. He had 200 yards rushing. Talia went off. He had like 300 yards passing. And he had a rushing touchdown. I mean, they won by a missed field goal. That game was crazy to watch. Man... I thought Merlin was trash. It was a lost cause. Talia was going to get benched. They pulled it together and beat Minnesota. Then they came back and had a 35-7 lead at Penn State. They didn't score in the second half, to be fair. I, no, 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 no. They scored seven in the second half. It was 28-7 at halftime. Shot. They scored seven in the second half. They scored zero in the fourth quarter. Listen, that defense, I, I was watching some of this game. Defense... Oh, my God. They came after Penn State's quarterback. They could not get into their offense, and that was the problem. That's what shocked me because 
Maryland hasn't played defense all season, but they were giving Penn State fits. Penn State tried to make a rally, but 35-7 is just too much, even against Maryland. So they lost. I never thought it, I would see that. They have a better record than Penn State. Bro, they're 2-1. Penn State 0-3. But then, right when they were celebrating that, COVID hit their uh, campus. Now they not playing this weekend. They might not play next weekend. COVID hitting this whole area. Once again, I will get to that later. Let's see. Now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. OU killed Kansas 62-3. I thought Kansas was going to get some garbage time points. They did not. They died. Even though Rattler had an early turnover, they still couldn't capitalize. And we just ran over them. We did whatever we wanted. I stopped watching in the third quarter. The crazy thing about this game was Spencer Rattler getting hurt, hurting his hip. And he's motioning that, oh, I can't really move my hip. Yeah, we were scared. I was like, why is he playing? At this point, we had to have had a 28, 30-point lead. It, it was out of reach. I was like, let's sit this dude down somewhere. I predicted that he wasn't going to play after halftime. This is perfect. They, they start him in the third quarter. What are we doing? What are we doing? But they eventually sat him down somewhere. Mordecai played, I guess Chandler Morris played, and we got out of there, you know, with not many injuries or none at all. Great. Now they're out the way. Good, good. Oklahoma State came out slow versus Kansas State, even with Kansas State's, like, backup quarterback. They still found a way to win. So that sets up a really important Bedlam matchup in Norman. Listen, Oklahoma State hasn't beaten us since 2014, my first year of grad school, when I was at the game, it was kind of a dreary day. Uh, my uncle Charles was in town from Boston. It was a hell of a it was a hell of a time. We just lost. We was starting our third string quarterback, and Oklahoma State had Tyreek Hill. Listen, me and Zach knew. Me and my friend Zach knew. You don't kick to Tyreek Hill. We've been watching this guy all year, and he caught it and he killed us. But that was six years ago. We've beaten them every year since. Some close calls, but we've taken care of them. And, you know, hopefully the same thing happens this this year. I think last year, yeah, we had a comfortable victory last year. I, I think I was watching half of the game at Top Golf, So, yeah, that was fun. Um, this is going to be a close one. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. This is going to be close. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be... Arguably the toughest defense Spencer Rattler has faced all season. It's going to come down to the wire, but I'll preview it more next week because the game is actually next week. But, man, I'm hyped. This is a very important bet line for sure. All right, that's it for the Sooner Schooner. So now let's get to make that make sense. Let's make this make sense. Packers versus Jaguars. Jaguars are a 13.5-point underdog. I, I think I know why, because they don't got Gardner Minshew. It's not like Gardner Minshew was lighting the world on fire, but that doesn't help. Um, so, Packers-Jaguars. And, you know, the Jaguars' defense switched cheese, and they're going against the Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> 
And they don't got LaVisca Chenault. I just saw that. However, this is make that make sense. So let me make a case for the Jaguars. Uh, looks like the Packers got a questionable corner and one that's either out or doubtful. Well, you could take advantage of that, especially with DJ Shark. But the biggest thing is what I've seen with the Packers the last few years, they've won a lot of games the last two years. But usually when they lose is when you run the ball. The Eagles ran the ball on them. They won the game. The 49ers ran the ball down their throats in the NFC Championship. They killed them. The Buccaneers ran the ball down their throats. Killed them. And if you could force turnovers, I know that's asking a lot for the Jaguars defense. If they could force turnovers too and come after Aaron Rodgers, they might have something here. Like, this team isn't horrible. I mean, you see how they competed with the Texans, but then again, it's the Texans. Listen, run the ball, and if you throw it, be aggressive, take some shots downfield, especially if their corners are out. And, you know, maybe they'll win. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be tough. This is not a good matchup, especially with a backup quarterback. But um, anything's possible. You saw what happened with the Steelers Cowboys. That was a make-that-make-sense that almost – Turned out in the underdog's favor. I mean, the Cowboys had a legit chance to win that game. It, it wasn't because they fed Zeke. It was because, well, on offense, they weren't really turning the ball over. On defense, they were making stops. And they were keeping the Steelers out of the end zone. You know, we'll see what happens this time. Uh, the underdog and make that make sense has lost every game. But there have been some close ones. There have been some close ones. Bills, Jets, Steelers, Cowboys. Let's see what happens with this. The, the other ones were blowouts, by the way. Let's see what happens. Packers, Jaguars, hey, <laughs> enjoy. All right, so now the Masters. Dustin Johnson, last time I checked, was winning. He might not be right now. The last time I checked, he was minus eight. I don't have the info with me, but he was winning. Paul Casey was in third. And, you know, I'm just sweating bullets because I got a FanDuel lineup and I got Paul Casey, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, um, Cameron Champ, Siwoo Kim, and Justin Rose. And I'm not doing bad. At one point, I was winning 30 bucks. The winner of that pool gets 20,000 bucks. I would love 20,000 bucks. It's going to be tough. Now, I put in two lineups. My other lineup's not doing well, but Ricky Fowler is kind of coming up the leaderboard. I probably watch a lot of the Masters since I'm stuck in the house. So, um, well, not a lot, but I'm going to watch enough. I might want to watch some after the show is over because, you know, it's going to get dark very soon. And, you know, golf, people don't do the dark. They don't, they don't really fuck with the dark. <laughs> so um no 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 racist shit but they don't really fuck with the dark so yeah that is a daylight only sport unless you got lights and i'm pretty sure there's something wrong with lights too um if i was to guess is that the glare from headlights or stadium lights whatever probably throws off the golfers probably throws off the golfers concentration so i guess it's better just to do it during the day it's probably expensive to light up a whole golf course anyway. This ain't top. This ain't top golf. 
<laughs> I'm gonna keep watching. Dustin Johnson's doing good. Uh, Tiger Woods doing good. If Dustin Johnson or Paul Casey win, I'm gonna win some money, and that's good. I love. It. All right, let's talk about the election again. Oh my God, I can't. I I can't get tired. I just cannot get tired of that. You about to lose your job. Hey, hey, you about to lose your job. <laughs> I can't get tired of it. I do not. I cannot, bro. Man, it's hilarious. Trump is about to lose his job. But some people, you know, they've been waiting for this for four years. To me, it is what it is. I want to see what happens after all this takes place. I've been saying that all along. We'll see what happens. If nothing happens, I mean, what what was all this for? Also, you know, Republicans still talking about voter fraud, and I'm like, I just can't see it because these people, the people who worked the elections, I'm pretty sure they knew how important these votes are. I'm pretty sure they're honorable people. They aren't just going to sit there and mess up the votes and stuff and, and um, mess up the, the mail-in voting. If you had like glitches and, and, and stuff like that, maybe that needs to be investigated. If you had glitches with voting machines and stuff, but... Even then, I, I just don't think Trump will have enough votes. He lost by like four million votes, bro. Like it's over. It's over. You heard? <laughs> but all the memes and the celebration is funny. And oh, the stop the count jokes. Because Trump was like, stop the count. Man, Trump Trump was like, stop the count when um when it looked like he was losing Georgia and Pennsylvania and Nevada. He was like, no, 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 stop the count, stop the count. No, Utah, Utah. No, it's Arizona. It was Arizona. He's like, stop the count. And then he was like, keep counting. Like, this is hilarious. SNL hilarious. They came through again with a funny sketch about the uh election celebration. People were pressed to see it. I was watching the Notre Dame Clemson game. And it was a hell of a game. Like I said earlier, I was impressed to see SNL. Now, I didn't see Dave Chappelle's monologue. I will soon. But I was impressed to see SNL. I knew I was going to see the clips on YouTube. And that's exactly what happened. There you go. There you go. I enjoy all the fallout. I enjoy all the reactions to the election. It, it went exactly how I expected. And I, I just... It, enjoy myself so now where do we go from here are we going to keep hearing about election fraud are we going to actually have proof that there's election fraud or are we just going to move on and get to inauguration in january and hopefully actually get some stuff done once biden is in office let's see let's see now rockets fans what is this Ladies and gentlemen, playoff fever has now arrived, and the Dynamite Three, along with the Rockets, have something new. What? What is this monstrosity? Come on, man! The '86 Rockets, apparently, around the time they were getting blasted by the Celtics. Okay, they gave it a nice try. They they lost in six, but around this time, they made a song with. Uh, Rockets and with Dynamite 111. 
or is it 111? I don't know, but this song is hilarious. And it bumps. It's catchy. But man, what is that? Y'all tried. Y'all tried, bro. You gotta use that song as blackmail, bro. Come on, OG Rocket fans. Y'all thought y'all were gonna beat the Celtics with that? You know, the only reason I even found out about the Rocket Strut is I was looking at a secret base YouTube video about Hakeem Olajuwon when he was unhappy with the Rockets. Something I kind of heard about, but I never knew the details. Like, right before they won a title, he was unhappy and wanted a trade. And they were going back and forth, but he stayed. They won two titles. Then he played, like, four or five more years. He went to another team, then he retired. But, man, somehow, someway, Clark and Secret Base taught us about the Rocket Strike. What's up with these teams making songs back in the 80s? Bro, even the Bulls had a, like a dance video off of uh, one of these songs. I think the Pistons did something. Uh, the Bears had their song. And the, the Bengals did the, the Icky Shuffle. Bro, what are y'all doing, bro? How, how many more of these out here? The Rocket Strut is a good mix between corny, hilarious, and lit all in one. And I am fascinated by it. Unbelievable. If you want to listen to more of the Rocket Strut, go on YouTube. I am crying. This is hilarious. All right. Now, I said I was going to get to it, but I have COVID-19. You have got to be kidding me. The thing finally got me. It finally got me. After all this time, it finally got me. Um, What is it? It's been around. It's been in the U.S. pretty much all year. It's it's been really heavy since March. This was the first time I've been affected by it since March. Basically all year. So ever since June, I've been taking risks. Like, I've been go I went to Philly. I've been playing flag football twice a week. I play sometimes three times a week. I've been going to restaurants. I, I mean, I've been taking chances. I've been doing lift. And yet I've been fine. The whole time. But around like Thursday, I think, no, I think I had like the smallest of symptoms. Maybe like a, a scratchy throat or something. I don't know. I, I didn't really start feeling symptoms till Friday. Minor fever. Saturday, minor fever. Sunday, still fever. Kind of a cough. Some fatigue. Loss of appetite. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not good. And my mom said I should get tested. And I did on Tuesday. I wanted to do Monday. But uh, I saw one testing site. The line was too long. I didn't feel like going anymore. So I went home. And I turned around, got tested Tuesday. I was the only one in line. Somewhere by the house. Uh, been in Stoddard. Got tested. Positive two years. Two days later, I find out I'm positive. I'm like, what the hell, bro? I guess taking all those chances, being kind of loose in my COVID prevention, kind of opened myself up to this. I knew it was going to catch up to me eventually. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't sure. I mean, you go eight months being just fine, and then all of a sudden, you're not. I mean, it's just crazy. But I guess I got to tighten up again. When I get better, 
I got to tighten up. And, you know, I had to cancel all my plans. I couldn't do lift. I had to cancel my Columbus trip. Can't play flag football till I don't know when. I had to cancel. I had to cancel going over my uncles. I had to cancel everything. I, I'm, I've been in the house all week doing nothing. Pretty much. It's just been rough, man. I think the worst I felt was Monday. Because, you know, I was getting fever chills. Fever chills. Little sneezing. But that was the worst I felt. Today is probably the best I've felt since Saturday. So hopefully the things keep going upward. And, you know, I can get back out there and get back to my normal life. Hopefully, you know, this time being more careful so I don't put myself in any more danger and anybody else. But it's been rough. It's been rough. And you know what I'm saying? This second wave, it looks like this second wave is no joke. It got me. It got some of my neighbors. And it's here to stay. And I have to take it more seriously. I guess it's on now. You know what I'm saying? I can't have no more slip-ups. It's all good, man. It, it happened. You know, I, I praise God. You know what I'm saying? It could have been worse. It could have been worse, but at the end of the day, joy comes in the morning. I've been walking and talking like I'm going to overcome this. And that's what it is, man. You want that goat level mindset, you will overcome. I'm serious. You know, I got on my side and, you know, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this for sure, man. All right, so what we got next? Uh, what we got next here? KBO, the KBO. So we got our Korean series now. It's going to be Doosan versus KT Wiz. No, 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 no. That was the semifinals. It's going to be Doosan versus NC Dinos. Now, I had, I had Doosan versus NC Dinos. For pretty much most of the season until Kiwoom started reappearing and then LG and KT got hot. And then I was like, uh, I don't know who's going to win now. I think once Kiwoom started falling off, I was like, yeah, okay, it's back to Doosan versus NC. So it looks like Doosan versus NC, and I think NC is going to win in seven. I think I got NC in seven. So um, I think they're just... They're just a better team. Like, they can pitch, they can hit. I mean, just like Doosan, but better. I mean, let's see. Let's see. But Doosan beat KT Wiz. KT Wiz was the hottest team in the league. After starting out being 5th, 6th, 7th, they climbed all the way to, like, 3rd, 2nd, and they finished the season in 2nd. They had hot bats. They got an MVP candidate. But, but... Doosan and their hot pitching, flexing going off. Feel me? Flexing from Doosan going ham. He killed LG. He only gave up four hits, two runs versus KT. And that was late in the game. He had like seven shutout innings. And then he came in and saved the game in game four to take the series 3-1. So Doosan... I knew Doosan was a better team. I didn't care how hot KT was. It's just Doosan is just the more complete team. Better pitching and better offense all around. I mean, I'm just saying. But, you know, KT Wiz, they did their thing. 
especially second half of the season. But it just wasn't enough. They lost 2-0 in game four. Shut out. I mean, all that hot hitting, and that's how you go out. Damn, bro. Damn. But, hey, Mel Rojas had a hell of a season. I mean, where does he go from here? Does he come back? Is he going to the major leagues? I don't know, but he killed it. He absolutely killed it. I mean, he led the league in home runs. He's top five in batting average. And um, he had the most RBIs, too. He was killing it. You know, tough ending for KT Wiz, but Dusan was just a better overall team. And, you know, I love to see Jose, uh, Jose, Jose Miguel Fernandez, uh, Alicantra, Flexen, and, you know, that supporting cast versus, uh, I think his name, Sung Bum Na. Sung Bum Na, uh, Kang Mo Chu, and... Um, Rushinsky and NC Dinos, man. They they've been killing. They've been steamrolling all year. So they're definitely the favorites here. I got them winning. I got them winning in seven. It might be six. But they're just they've been the best team in the league all season. And the first KBO game they showed was NC Dinos. And they won, of course. So, I mean, it's all going to come full circle. Just check it out on ESPN. It's going to come on late, man. Like, midnight at the earliest, I say 3.55, 5 o'clock at the latest. Eastern, Eastern. So, now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. And this week, it's a 4 by one relay. So, here we go. In lane one, we got Joy Taylor... Alvin Kamara, Fletcher Cox, 2008 Chris Johnson. Lane two, we got Josina Anderson, Terrell Owens, Aaron Donald, 2006 Devin Hester. Lane three, we got Britt McHenry, Chad Ochocinco, Brian Brzee, Tyreek Hill. In lane four, we got... Diana Rossini, Reggie Bush from 05, Joe Burrow, primetime Deion Sanders. I'm talking 90s Deion Sanders. So here we go. See, Joy Taylor, Josina Anderson, Britt McHenry, Diana Rossini, they're all media personality that they were athletes in college, high school and college. I, well, I don't know about Joy, but definitely – the other three were college athletes. And Joe Cena ran, ran track. So, this should be a good race. Uh, should be a good race. And we're off. Already, Joe Cena Anderson gets off to a slight lead. Because her speed is just, just impeccable. She takes a slight lead over Joy, Britt, and Diana. And she hands it off to T.O. Uh, T.O. coming down the straightaway. And, you know, Alvin Kamar catches up to him. And Chad Ochocinco not too far behind. And Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush sprints into the lead. And then he hands it to Joe Burrow. And then all the other guys get their baton, but... Alvin Kamara has a shaky exchange 
with Fletcher Cox, and that puts them behind a few steps. So now, Fletcher Cox trying to play catch-up with Aaron Donald, Brian Brzee, and Joe Burrow. Brzee kind of got a half an inch on Joe Burrow, followed by Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox trying to play catch-up. And here we go. Last straightaway, fourth leg. Everyone has clean handoffs. And Tyreek Hill just takes off, followed by Devin Hester. Devin Hester's hot on his tail. And now you got Deion Sanders trying to enter into the mix. But it looks like it's too much. And Chris Johnson's trying to make up ground. He catches up to Deion. And they they toggle back and forth. But Tyreek Hill, Devin Hester, Tyreek Hill. Devin Hester and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is just too much. And he crosses the finish line a half a second ahead of Devin Hester. No, a whole second. A whole second ahead of Devin Hester, followed by primetime Deion Sanders. The he actually Chris Johnson actually didn't catch up. You know, the the late handoff from um Alvin Kamara and Fletcher Cox. Was too much to overcome. He couldn't catch a Dion. And there you go. Uh, team three wins. Team three wins with Britt McHenry, Chad Ochocinco, uh, Brian Brzee, and Tyreek Hill. Followed by uh, team two with Josina Anderson, Prime T.O., uh, Aaron Donald, and Devin Hester. So then other two teams, you know, team four came in third and team one came in fourth. And that is your hypothetical game of the episode. And God damn it, it's the end of the episode. So I'm out. Peace. Hey. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.